Welcome to REING and Climate Podcast. This is Yuan Yating from REI. We are a Beijing-based independent think tank with a focus on climate policy and energy transition. In the last episode, we discussed a new database from China on China's product lifecycle greenhouse gas emissions. This database provides a comprehensive set of data for Chinese business and organizations to evaluate the carbon footprints of their products and services. To learn more about the highlight of our discussions, we encourage you to check out our last episode. Hello, everyone. This is Zhao Ang.、Uh, nice to see you again in our podcast. In today's episode, we like to discuss how China's energy system. Will become carbon neutral by 2060, based on the newly published report by Shell. The report's name is "Achieving a Carbon Neutral Energy System in China by 2060." This report sketches a deep and a rapid decarbonization pathway that relies on electrification, low carbon power generation, and various low carbon technologies, and the required financial investment. We will talk more specifically about these low carbon energy and technologies needed on the pathway to decarbonization later on. On Monday, I attended the launch of the report in Beijing by Shell China and Shell's Global Scenarios Analysis Team. At the launch, two members of Shell team, Ms. Malika, she is Shell's chief economist, and Mr. Georgios. He's a Shell senior energy analyst. They share the、uh, report's key findings and policy recommendations. Ms. Malika also expressed that China's 2060 carbon neutrality target is challenging, but it also creates opportunities to position China as a global leader in low carbon manufacturing. Yating, you mentioned the Shell global scenarios. Does this report we are sharing today also draw on the modeling analysis under the scenarios? Yeah, actually, Shell's global energy transformation scenarios are designed to explore the different initial recovery measures in response to the COVID nineteen pandemic in twenty twenty, and how these responses develop into future pathways throughout the twenty twenties and beyond. There are three scenarios under the Shell's energy transformation scenarios, which are waves, islands, and Sky One Point Five. Uh, this Shell's report is based on the Sky One Point Five scenario, and in the latest Sky One Point Five scenario, the world achieves net zero emissions before twenty sixty, and some advanced economies can reach that target earlier. So in general, under the Sky One Point Five scenario, decarbonization is fast enough, and in time to meet the goal of limiting the global average temperature rise to one point five degree by the end of the century. And similar to Sky One Point Five, the scenario used in this report assumes that China's energy system can achieve carbon neutrality by twenty sixty. We found this shares analysis. Is mainly based on IEA's data, International Energy Agency. So, IEA published a report in September 2021 about China's、uh, energy net zero roadmap. 
So today we will also compare some of the data uh, from uh, the report by IEA to the shared report to see which of the findings uh, around China's energy uh, transition are different. So Shell's the Sky 1.5 scenario projects the world achieves the net zero emissions before 2060. And remember, IEA's report suggests that by 2050, the world have to achieve net zero. It seems that Shell's team presents a less ambitious target than IEA's scenario analysis team. That's quite interesting. Yes, and today we will also discuss this report in three parts. The first is what fuels and uh, technologies are needed on the decarbonization pathway. And secondly, what's the energy consumption and the decarbonization pathways for the major emitting sectors to achieve carbon neutrality by 2060. And the last is about how much investment is sufficient and where to go. So let's start by looking at the end-use energy sources and technologies required on the decarbonization pathway. The decarbonization pathway outlined in the Shell's report focuses on electrification, renewable energy, and low-carbon power generation, such as wind power and uh, nuclear power. And in the Shell's analysis, the share of electricity in China's final energy consumption rises from 23% today to almost 60% in 2060. And some sectors such as buildings and road transport are largely electrified. Developing a low-carbon power system and maximizing the electrification of different sectors are the strategy in the report. To a large extent, if it is doable to electrify the sectors of building transport, it's quite challenging to do so in the industry sector. The report mentions that hydrogen should be a significant source to realize a low-carbon future of both industry and transport sectors. In aviation and shipping areas, the report recommends biofuels apart from hydrogen. China's power system today still remains dominated by coal. So what's the proportion of electricity generation that needs to be increased from renewable energy or other low-carbon energy sources by 2060? According to the report, China will require increasing solar and wind generation from 10% in 2020 to 80% by 2060. Solar and the wind will surpass coal to become the largest sources of electricity by 2034, just uh, 13 years to go. In addition, electricity generated from biomass with CCUS can provide a source of emissions reduction for the rest of the energy system from 2053. Any electricity generated from fossil fuels in 2060 is fitted with CCUS in order to achieve the permanent storage of the carbon emission from the fossil fuel use. But according to the IES report, China's power sector reaches net zero emissions before 2055, mainly due to switching to renewable energy and the phase out of the unabated coal. 
and the share of electricity in China's total final energy consumption will reach over fifty percent in twenty fifty, which is lower than Shell's report analysis. But regarding the renewable energy, mainly wind and solar power, they are growing rapidly, and、uh, their share of total power generation will rise to eighty percent in twenty sixty. Which is the same as the Shell's report. The different results from the two studies are almost mainly because the different parameters set by the scenarios analysis, such as the projections of the population growth and the GDP annual growth rate, and others. So we will specifically discuss this part、uh, later on,、um, because we find out. Uh, the total energy consumption or total energy demand by 2060 in these two studies are different. That's right. We have acknowledged that about 60% of energy consumption will be electrified in 2060, and for the rest or the remaining 40% of energy consumption in hard to electrify sectors such as heavy duty road transport. Aviation and some heavy industries like steel and chemicals. Low carbon energy sources will be required. Particularly, hydrogen and biofuels are playing an important role in decarbonizing these hard to electrify sectors. Yeah, Shell's report quite have a big、uh, focus on hydrogen and the biofuels.、Uh, we will talk about that later. In the Shell's report, hydrogen will make up at least. Five percent of China's energy demand by twenty thirty, and scales up from low levels today to more than seventeen extra joules a year by twenty sixty. This is equal to like five hundred eighty million tons of coal equivalent, or sixteen percent of the final energy consumption by twenty sixty. This is far higher than the percentage of the hydrogen. In the final energy demand by 2060,、uh, compared to、uh, IEA's analysis. So, what kinds of hard to electrify industries will hydrogen be used in? Yeah, that's a、uh, uh, significant input、uh, by the Shell's report.、Uh, hydrogen will be primarily used in heavy industries、uh, and heavy duty road transport and short haul aviation and the shipping industry. And more than eighty-five percent of hydrogen will be green hydrogen, meaning、uh, produced by renewable or nuclear、uh, electricity. So this is very important because、uh, if you use more、uh, fossil fuels to generate hydrogen,、uh, that doesn't help to、uh, cope with climate change. And in IEA's report,、uh, hydrogen accounts for only six percent of China's final energy demand in twenty sixty. So sixteen percent and six percent, they they are different, a、uh, quite big、uh, gap, and we will give more our understanding about why、uh, the hydrogen demand in two studies、uh, are quite different. Well, regarding the sectors that require、um, higher density liquid fuels, such as long haul aviation and chemicals, they are suitable for advanced biofuels, and according to the Shell's report. Biofuels inc- increases from relatively modest levels today to almost five exajoule in 2040. However, biofuel demand peaks in 2045 and then declines. There are two major factors. 
One is about the increased electrification, which reduces the need for blending biofuels with liquid fossil fuels in passenger road transport. And other one is the increased hydrogen use in heavy duty road and road transport. And in the Shell's report, they also project that by 2060, biofuel demand will moderate to less than three exajoules a year. In addition to these end-use energy sources, Shell's report also proposes CCUS as a crucial carbon emission reduction technology because retrofitting the existing coal-fired power plants, as well as industrial facilities such as chemical, cement, and iron and steel plants with CCUS, can provide a means of reducing emissions without having to. Prematurely retire these assets. Yeah, regarding the CCUS, I think、um, there are two different uh, application uh, contexts. The first one, as you mentioned, with、uh, industrial activities, but there is another one. It's called the bioenergy plus CCS,、uh, also、uh, in short BECCS. It's kind in different uh, category. Uh, BECCS is to capture and sequester carbon emissions from biofuel and bioenergy plants, and this is a negative emission technology or carbon removal technology, because in understanding of the different energy sources and their climate change impact or carbon emission impact, biofuels are、uh, so-called、uh, neutral energy source. So、uh, if you Capture the carbon emission from the bioenergy relevant plants, and、uh, you actually reduce carbon emission in the way different from reduce the carbon emission from the coal power or natural gas power plants. According to the Shell's report, in a net zero emission energy system, a little more than one point three billion tons of CO two per year will need to be captured and、uh, permanently stored in twenty sixty. That means CCUS capacity will need to increase more than four hundred times in the next four decades. Yeah, what I see from the report is that、uh, in Shell's analysis, CCUS is a really、uh, will play a big role in energy system in China、uh, in the whole、uh, transition process. And as, as I just mentioned,、uh, BECCS、uh, can provide opportunity for the biofuels. And other bioenergy to supply transport and industry, and、uh, also fossil fuel power plants plus CCUS can still provide、uh, opportunity for some fossil fuels capacity、uh, exist、uh, for a long time. So I think this is very interesting scenario and also important、uh, difference about the analysis between、uh, shells and IEAs. Uh, so public policy action in this area is quite important. You 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 can imagine if CCS、uh, in the current time is not scaled up and still in demonstration stage. So if、uh, you project that CCS is a very big scale、uh, industry in the future,、uh, the investment and other policy initiative should be、uh, kicked off. Uh, as early as possible, the action could include a robust and rising carbon pricing mechanism to make CCUS、uh, commercially viable in the long term. In addition, rewarding CCUS emission reduction, 
such as through carbon credits uh, in the national emission trading system, uh, will play a role in driving uh, greater investment into this technology. Let's move to the second part. What's the energy consumption and the decarbonization pathways for the major emitting sectors to achieve carbon neutrality by 2060? Firstly, China's energy mix needs to change from fossil dominated today, um, which is nearly 90% of China's primary energy, to one dominated by low carbon and no carbon energy, with 80% of primary energy derived from solar, wind, bioenergy, and nuclear by 2060. And in the Shell's report, by 2060, there will still be around 30 exajoules of fossil fuel consumption, the carbon emission of which will be addressed by CCUS. Yeah, that's what I just mentioned. Yeah, with CCUS, uh, there will still be uh, quite a significant amount of the fossil fuel consumption production there uh, by 2060. And I noticed that the amount of the fossil fuel consumption by 2060 is similar to the IES analysis. But regarding the total primary energy consumption, uh, there is a big gap between these two studies. The difference be- depends on how the two reports assess the change of energy demand from 2030 to 2060. Shell thinks it will keep going up from nearly 160 extra jaws in 2030 to 190 extra jaws in 2060. However, IEA suggests China's total energy consumption will peak at uh, 175 extra jaws in 2030. So it's almost same uh, the time of peaking uh, the carbon emission. And then decreases in the next three decades uh, from 2030 to 2060 to 130 extra jaws. So, you know, 130 extra jaws and 190 extra jaws, there's a big, big difference. But what are the reasons? Uh, because we have no access to the parameters of the analysis, uh, scenario analysis, we can only guess uh, some reasons. And the first one is about how the analysis exam the energy demands and changes in the long term. Uh, and also how big uh, can the energy efficiency play a role in the process. And for example, if the energy demand uh, increasing uh, steadily and gradually, even gradually, the total energy consumption can still uh, keep going up. But economic development and the population change are also very significant uh, factors, parameters in in the models, in the uh, scenarios analysis. And for those two uh, parameters, uh, I think if in the long term, a slightly different assumption of GDP growth annual rate and the population size uh, will uh, produce uh, quite different results in the long term. As we discussed before, transforming China's energy system requires uh, changing both energy supply and energy and use sectors, particularly the transport and the industry. Light industries are relatively easy to electrify, but heavy industries require energy-intensive fuels that provide a higher thermal load. Shell's report anticipates a significant 40% of decline 
in final energy consumption from heavy industries between now, between 2020 and 2060. This is due to the structural shift underway in China's economy towards services and high-value manufacturing. As well as expected improvement in industrial energy efficiency, but heavy industry will remain a significant source of energy demand and consumption. So industries such as steel, cement, and chemicals will need to prioritize the replacement of coal with low carbon hydrogen and bio energy as primary energy source. And regarding the transportation sector. The passenger road and rail transport are relatively easy to electrify, while decarbonization solutions for other sectors such as heavy-duty road transport, long-distance shipping, and long-haul aviation, they require a com- combination of hydrogen and biofuels. Yeah, it seems that the technology roadmap towards decarbonization in four sectors、uh, is quite clear or largely gains consensus. The next step is about implementation. Regarding implementation, we cannot avoid discussing about、uh, financial investment. So this is a crucial part. The investment in the share report regarding investment, if achieving the carbon neutral by 2060, and、uh, the relevant in- investment will be. Uh, focusing on infrastructure uh, building, uh, and the whole investment can range about twelve point five trillion U.S. dollar in the next four decades. It's approximately three hundred billion U.S. dollar a year on average. Within this investment scale, the investment in the power system flexibility, such as、uh, power storage and other relevant、uh, power supply and grid technology. Uh, could reach ninety-six billion U.S. dollar a year by twenty fifty. The vast investment is definitely essential to achieve a net zero energy system by twenty sixty, or as much earlier as possible. We know this energy transition is a key to a carbon neutral economy, and during this process, coal phase out is requisite. And this report touches the significant impact on shutting down coal-fired power plants, particularly the social and economic impacts on local communities, which have been driven by coal-related eco- economic activities. So it's significant to also focus on just transition, like helping coal miners find new jobs and livelihoods. And the challenge of managing the transition away from coal is not unique to China. In the Shell's report, there are some case studies about helping coal miners to find new livelihood. So, John, do other economies have some just transition experience we can learn? In our past work, we did、uh, have some research about the just transition in west part of Germany, and、uh, what I. Learn from that、uh, research is about after long time、uh, shifting, more than maybe three four decades, the previous coal industry dominant、uh, community、uh, become very uh, vibrant, uh, diverse, dynamic economies, uh, and uh, because uh, there are some research institute, university local located in that、uh, region. So the economy of that region become more knowledge based、uh, economy. That is a very good outcome, 
And、uh, the other thing is about what I learned from the case study is that in order to、uh, transform the、uh, fossil fuel based、uh, communities into uh, future uh, the digital economy or a service based economy uh, based uh, community, uh, one of the major、uh, conditions is about environment. I think in those European countries, they put a lot of resources to restore the environment, which was largely polluted by the coal、uh, mining and coal power, and so they want、uh, re- restore the landscapes,、uh, increase the air quality,、uh, increase the water quality in the region. Then that make、uh, a good、uh, start for the community to、uh, rebuild. Uh, or in, attract investment from outside. So what I want to see、uh, most important thing in this in this context, apart from all other livelihood resettlement or、uh, training program for the young generations, I think the environment restoration is the、uh, most important. As end of today's episode, I like to summarize a bit the main points. Of today's discussion, which focused on the three major aspects of energy transition to help China achieve its twenty sixty carbon neutrality target. The first is about electrification of end use sectors as soon as possible, such as industry,、uh, transportation, and building sectors. Well, in order to electrify these end use sectors. The prerequisite is a carbon-free or low-carbon power system dominated by renewable energy or carbon-free energy sources. And lastly, those carbon emissions that can now be avoided are offset by CCUS, such as carbon emission reduction technology with power and industrial sectors like cement, steel, or other removal technology with. Bioenergy and biofuel. Right. Above all the technology pathways, the investment is another pillar to reach the target.、Uh, the Chinese government also needs to invest in、uh, low carbon technologies, resilient and smart power system, and CCUS technology. So that's、uh, also a very important takeaway from from a share report. Yeah, that draws the conclusion to today's episode. Uh, we hope you enjoy our discussion today. Your questions,、uh, your comments are always welcome. Please uh, contact us uh, by email, info at rei dot org dot cn, or you can search us on LinkedIn by rei.、Uh, we wish our listeners stay well and healthy. Until now, see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye.